How's everybody? You doing good? All right, here we go. A uh, couple things. Number one, Jesus never ever that I can that I can remember in the scriptures. He never ever 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 condemned anybody or criticized anybody for the expression of a very large faith. As a matter of fact, on the other end of it, Jesus, when it comes to saying something that would appear to be not positive concerning uh, something, it was usually a lack of faith or it was unbelief. We talked about that in one of our uh, messages here a few weeks ago. And we said in that message that uh, there's nothing wrong with what you believe, but everything is wrong with what you don't believe, or it's in your unbelief. So Jesus was very strong on faith, and he was very strong on belief. And for people who wanted more, Jesus always encouraged them. And in this passage of Scripture, let's just read it like it is in the King James, okay? We'll do that this morning. And the apostles said unto the Lord, increase our faith. One thing I want to mention here before we go any further <laughs> is that a couple things. Number one is we don't really know what prompted their request. We don't really know why they said, Lord, increase our faith. It would be a pure guess on our part to try to figure out what made them say, Lord, Increase our faith. Second thing is, they were all together on this issue. They were all together on this request. Do you know how, <laughs> you know how uncommon it was for them to be together on anything? Most of the time they were divided. Most of the time they were arguing. Most of the time they were trying to find the, the preeminence, the dominance. They were trying to leverage for position in the group. But here... For some reason, they said, Lord, increase our faith. They were all together, and it was a very positive thing. The third thing is, or the fourth thing, I lose count sometimes. But the next thing simply is this, is that they asked Jesus a question, and Jesus answered their question. And I think right here is something very important for us to realize today. Is Number one, it's when we ask Jesus something sincerely, and we want to know the truth, or we need an answer. If we ask Jesus, He's going to answer that. How many times have you ever felt like, well, He doesn't answer me when I pray, or I ask Him this and I hadn't heard, yada, yada, yada. A lot of times it's simply our fault. But i tell you what, what transpires after this may not seem like an answer to their question or an answer to their request, but I'm telling you, it's just exactly what they needed. Let's watch this. And the Lord said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, now we've heard this before, haven't we? They heard this before. They heard this back in Luke 13. And so Jesus is using another illustration concerning a mustard seed, and he's getting a point across. And the Lord said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto this sycamine tree, or, or, or it could be translated, um, um, I forgot. Might be my medication kicking in. Mulberry, that's it. Thank you. You might say unto this mulberry tree, be thou plucked up by the root and be thou planted in the sea and it should obey you. Now, 
they ask for the Lord to increase their faith. And he said, okay, if you had faith like this little grain of mustard seed, then this would happen. Now, that's not a condemnation of their faith. Let me tell you something about a grain of mustard seed. <clears throat> a grain of mustard seed, one single grain of mustard seed has almost unlimited potential. It has infinite potential. Do you know why? Well, it's not because it just grows up into this big bush as compared to how small it was as a seed. That's got nothing to do with it. I mean, you take a mustard, uh, a hill of mustard, Florida broadleaf mustard, for example, that thing will make this big. And it'll make this tall if you leave it alone. You say, well, that's sort of, it's not infinite. Oh, yes, it is. You know why? Have you ever seen a mustard plant when it goes to seed? When it throws up that little yellow, that little stem with those flowers get on it, and uh, it begins to form those seed pods, you, you can't count them all. And so what's contained in that one grain of mustard seed is more than just what's in the bush. It's what comes after the bush. And so one of the things I want to say to you today, your seed of faith, that measure of faith that God has given you, that gift of faith that He's given you, it's not just about you, and it's not just about what manifests in your life. It's not just about what your bush becomes. But it is about the posterity of what you produce that's going to follow you for generations and generations and generations. And that is what so many people fail to tell folks. It's not just about the seed that's going to produce the bush. It's about the seed that produces the bush that produces an abundant supply of seed that will fall back to the ground and make more mustard bushes and take over. See, God wants your faith to take over. And in the faith He's given you, He's given you a takeover faith. But which of you, and this is the way He answers their question, but which of you having a servant plowing or feeding cattle will say unto him, when he has come from the field, go and sit down to eat meat and will not rather say unto him, make ready wherewith I may sup and gird thyself and serve me till I have eaten and drunken and afterward thou shalt eat and drink. Doth he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? And this is this I trow not. Uh, it's like Jesus is saying, I don't think so. That's what we can understand. Okay? Jesus, I don't think so. So likewise, when you shall have done all those things which are commanded of you, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. Now, let's get this thing started. Now, <laughs> let me ask you a question. I need help here. This is going to be kind of interactive. Here's the question. When Jesus, they ask about increasing their faith. Go back to um, the first slide, please. They ask about increasing their faith. And then Jesus uses the faith illustration as a grain of mustard seed for a what? A declaration. A decree. So Jesus is saying here, if you had faith the size of a grain of mustard seed, you could decree to the sycamine tree or this mulberry tree be plucked up by the roots and planted into the sea and it would be done so when we first read that the mental imagery is of a declaration made to this tree 
to be removed and put into the sea and become something like driftwood, and that's kind of the end of it. But as I got to looking at that this week, I discovered that's not, what, that's, that's not the message Jesus wants us to get. Because the secret really to understanding what the disciples or the apostles under, was understanding Jesus to say lies in the word planted that follows all this. Be you plucked up by the root and be thou planted in the sea and it should obey you. Now we look at this as sort of a destructive process. Tree gets plucked up off the hillside and thrown down into the sea and it becomes driftwood. It's just over. It just floats around the sea and it just corrodes and decays and that's it. Oh no, 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 no. That's not the picture they got. The picture they got, the secret is held in the word planted. Listen to me. The word planted is derived from a primary root word, which is used in other places in the New Testament and the epistles concerning a vineyard, someone who plants a vineyard, someone who tends a vineyard, someone who plants something with the expectation of it, preparing, of it bearing fruit and receiving a harvest. So the supernatural thing of the decree of faith that the apostles perhaps were looking at, that was what we thought it meant is really not what it meant. So here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, if you had faith as the grain of a mustard seed, you could say to this tree, be plucked up by the roots and be planted in the sea. In other words, not just to become driftwood, but to take one thing out of its natural setting and introduce it into a foreign setting. And in that foreign setting, it would put down roots and produce something. A harvest, even on the sea, something that's completely unnatural. Because see, the tree was meant to be planted in dirt. Jesus is saying, you can say be plucked up out of that dirt and planted in another environment, which is water, salt water, and it'll produce fruit. How about that? And so the disciples who had seen the miracles, they'd seen the deliverances, they had seen all the cool stuff that Jesus did. They latched hold of the idea that they were his disciples. He was making followers of them. He was teaching them the dynamics of kingdom life. And they had seen enough to whet their appetite and they wanted more. And I'm here to tell you now, if that's your heart, Jesus, you want to have more. Jesus is telling you today, you can have more. It's not just about what's produced on the mountainside. It's about what's produced in the ocean too. Not just one environment, but another environment. Not just the natural, but the supernatural. And see, his disciples caught hold of this. We missed it so many times. We don't understand what he's saying. But Jesus is saying, I know your heart it's pure. You want more. You want to see more because people's lives have been blessed. This is how it happens. And so I'm setting the bar just a little bit higher for your faith than it's ever been before. Today I'm telling you, Jesus is releasing a bar for us to set higher than it's ever been set before. Something completely out of the usual framework of our thought processes in another realm altogether.
And I'm here to tell you this. If anybody complains about your voice of faith, how you express your faith in a large degree, then you remind them of the fact that Jesus never criticized anybody for having the voice of a strong faith, but rather he condemned unbelief. And so today, the bar is being raised. Open your eyes. If your heart is to have more, he is set ready to give you more. Listen to his words. And what he told them a little bit later on is a reflection of the Father's desire for them. See, they had a desire which would come from the Father. Father, we want, or Jesus, we want to increase our faith. Just as they had that desire, God had a desire for them too. And those things are not exclusive of one another. Those things work together in tandem. Their heart was to see more. Their heart was to see the kingdom of God expand. And Jesus is telling them, this is how this works. Here's the bar of faith. You want it to be raised? We're raising it to this level. And here's how Jesus said, do it. Now, well, let's just get into this. Okay, he raised the bar. And then he directed comments at them. He said, and which of you having a servant plowing and tending sheep will say to him when he has come in from the field, come at once and sit down to eat. But he will not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk and afterward you will eat and drink. Does he thank that servant because that servant did the things that he was commanded to do? I don't think so. So likewise, when you've done all those things which you are commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what it is our duty to do. That sounds like Jesus was being mean. Doesn't it? You know, we've looked at this so many times. Mean Jesus. Tough Jesus. No, it's just we don't understand the idioms that they used in the Jewish culture to get their message across. Jesus is saying, if you want more faith, listen to me. I'm going to show you one way to get more faith. One way to increase your faith. Then he gave them an example. He said, for example, if you're out plowing in the field, or if you come in from tending the sheep, don't sit down to your own meal. Sit down and prepare a meal for your master so that he can eat and not you. Now, they'd been with Jesus long enough to understand what he was saying. Here's what Jesus was saying. They were called to the kingdom of God. They were then later going to be used as, as the people who would establish the early church. So they, would been, they had been called into the kingdom of God. They were also going to minister in the church. And so here's what Jesus is saying. This is what they understood. We're about probably five or ten minutes from closing here. This is what he said first thing. What does it mean somebody plowing in a field? What are they doing? Mm -hmm. They're preparing for planting. Okay? Getting ready to plant the spring crop or the fall crop. And in the idiom that they understood and the thing that we understood about the symbolism here is that someone who is plowing ground is operating. They're breaking up fallow soil. 
They're doing the work of an evangelist. They're preparing for the seed, the word of God to be sown. They're tilling a field that's never been tilled before. Jesus is saying, if you want to increase your faith, that's a great thing. You've been called to a destiny. You've been called to a work. This is what, if you're called to this work, if you're called to break up the land and plant the land, if you're called to be an apostle, or if you've been tending the sheep, if you have been called to tend the flock of God, if you've been called to minister to the people that are my people, if you plow or if you tend, that's your destiny. This, you want to increase your faith? Here's the way you increase your faith. Wherever it is that you're working at, understand it's the place where God has put you at to start with. And do it with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Because everything you do, you're doing it as unto the Lord. Remember, that's the teaching of Scripture. Paul said, I have planted, Apollos has watered, and God's given the increase. And so Jesus is expressing to them, if you want to build your faith, if you want to increase your faith, do what you've been called to do. Where you've been called to do it. And when you get through with that, and you come into the house... Prepare a meal for the master. In other words, minister to the master. You want to increase your faith? Minister to the lost. You want to increase your faith? Minister to the church, the flock of God. You want to increase your faith? Minister to the Lord. You see, a lot of times our faith is built through testing. We've used Abraham a time or two. It's done through testing. It's, sometimes it's done through trial. Sometimes it's done through prayer. Sometimes it's done through waiting. But in this case, Jesus is giving them an example of how to increase their faith by actively doing what they've been called to do. Because I'll tell you, Kim, if you go to the mission field, if you plow the ground, what's going to happen? There's going to be a crop, isn't there? Doing what you're called to do. Go to the field. For those of you who've had any pastoral experience at all, whether it's here in a small group or a particular area or somewhere else, you know that if you've been called to do some pastoral work, and we each do pastoral work, don't, don't misunderstand me, listen. There's some who are ordained and called to do a, a pastoral ministry or pastoral work to pastor church, but we're all called to minister to each other. That's pastoral care. Okay? And so we are to minister pastorally to each other. So we're, we're all called to the mission field. We're all called to pastoral ministry. And every single one of us are called to minister back unto the Lord. Why? Because He's the one who's given us our faith anyway. He's the one who's given us a destiny. He's the one who's given us a dream in our heart. He's the one who's placed us out there to do what it is that Jesus was doing when He was on the face of the earth, except doing it in a greater degree. So today, if you want to increase your faith, <laughs> start doing. I could say that a lot of different ways, and in some ways it would upset people and cause an absolute total uproar. But if you want your faith to increase, you start doing. You minister to the lost. You, you be ready, helpful to those people who are lost, who are looking to you as an example. You may not even know they're lost. It may be somebody in your workplace, somebody in your social group. They may look like everything's all right and everything's together. They may not be. They may be just as lost as Hogan's goat. And they're watching you. 
You want your faith to grow? Start doing something. Start ministering to each other. Pastoral care. Get on the phone. Talk to people. Put your arms around people. Give them a hug. Let, let your heart connect with their heart. Build a relationship. You want your faith to grow? Start ministering to the Lord. Minister to His table. Minister to His needs. Minister to His desires. Minister to His wants. Minister to His program. Let him sit down and you wash his feet and you feed him bread and you get the stew on the table and eat the banana pudding and the dumplings and the fried chicken and the ham and everything else. You do all that. And when it's over, don't feel like you've been defeated. Feel like it is my duty. This is what the Lord has blessed me with. He's given me all these things. Now I can minister to him and I am doing what I'm supposed to do. See, that's what that means. Doing what I'm supposed to do. And when I do what I'm supposed to do, what my duty is, when I take my duty station, I therefore increase my faith. And I'll tell you here and now, if you want to limit the productivity of your faith. And if you want to limit what your faith will uh, accomplish or do, you just simply don't do this part of it. You don't do your duty and see just how big your faith won't become. See, this is a different spin. I'm telling you, I didn't go into this thing this week looking for this outcome. <laughs> but that, that's the cool part. We've been asking God for revelation. We've been asking Him to take the Scriptures and make them become alive and profitable to us. We've been asking Him for Him to give us something we can believe in and stand on. There it is. Right there. A great principle that's never, I say it's never, that's rarely ever presented this way in connection between duty and faith. And if we minister to the, the fabric of people who are lost and the fabric of people who are in the faith. And if we minister to the Lord. And last week, remember, the other part of this dynamic was a faith that speaks is a faith that seeks and finding the will in the heart of the Lord. Those things put together, you stand up and you look at that sycamine tree or that uh, mulberry tree and you determine that's what the Lord wants. Okay, off the hill and in the water. Off the hill and in the water. I want to get to the place where I can say off the hill and into the water. That's where I want to be. I want to see that thing take a plunge. I want to see something cultivated and nurtured in the natural be planted into the supernatural and it produce fruit. <laughs> see, that's what he's telling them. See, that's the ultimate thing here. He's raised the bar. Twenty minutes. Did y'all get that? I think that's chapter four in my book. Jesus has raised the bar. He's taken what we thought was a ceiling of faith, something way up here, and he's taken and he's kicked it up another notch, as Irmel says. It's way up there now. Taking something that was cultivated for the natural 
pulling it up by its roots, not leaving its roots in the ground, pulling it up by its roots, taking every faculty and everything it was made with and for, moving it, transporting it into the sea so that it would become a, a, a perfect candidate for that environment so it would be able to, its nature to be changed and produce fruit in the sea somewhere what it wasn't intended to be. That's you. You've been cultivated and raised in the natural. Your mama and your daddy conceived you somewhere along the line. Your mother incubated you for nine months in the womb. You came into this world, most cases kicking and screaming. Some of y'all still kicking and screaming. You came into this world rooted into the natural. Understanding and being a creature of natural processes and motives. And then along comes Jesus. <laughs> he takes you like that sycamine tree. See, he's not telling these folks to do anything he hadn't already done. He takes you like that sycamine tree. He pops you out of the hillside. He puts you in the seed. He says, now produce fruit in an environment that you were not really created to be in until I changed you and made you like you were. Until you tasted of my grace, you couldn't do that, but now you can. To do the impossible. That's what you've been called to do. Jesus has raised the bar. So what do you do? Well, those of you who've been born again, those of you who've uh, tasted of His grace and His mercy, this makes sense to you. And that's a good thing. I'm going to pray for you this morning that God would, would increase that and allow you to attain to the bar that He set. Now, what about those of you who haven't? Well, you've never received the Lord. Now's a good time because <laughs> He's been working with you all along the way. You know, if you're not saved today, it'd be a good time to get saved. Today would be a good time to get plucked off of that hillside of normality and naturalness that you were planted in and, and really get in the deep water. Produce fruit because you can produce more in this other environment than you ever could in the first. So what about it? You know, if you need the Lord Jesus, you need to be saved, then... You can come see me now or you can see me after the service because he'll save you right where you are. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to pray for people to be saved and we're going to pray for people to reach for the bar. Father, in Jesus' name right now, if there's anybody in this building, if there's anybody in this place you've been dealing with, you've been working with, but for some reason or another it hadn't been their time, dear God, I pray that you just absolutely reveal back to them. You just take the blinders away. Show them who Jesus is and what he's done by his marvelous grace and mercy and that they would come to you right now where they are. And Lord, for those, my brothers and sisters, for every single one who's been saved and who's sitting here and who, who regardless of whether it's been a short while or a long while, they're going to ask you, they reach for the bar, the new bar that's been set, the bar that until today may never have been revealed to them. We never have known it was there because I'm going to be frank with you, Lord. I didn't know it was there until this week. So I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that not only have you raised the bar, but we can get there. And you've, you're showing us the way, message by message by message, Sunday by Sunday by Sunday. And we'll give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen.